This is episode 340 of The Real Me and Colin, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at being the Ricardos, and is it going to be an awards contender in the prequel in the Kingsman franchise, The King's Man? So what will he think about both of those films? Well, you'll just have to tune in and find out. This episode starts right now. What is going on, everyone, and welcome to episode 340 of The Real Me and Colon, a movie podcast. I am your co-host, Chase Lee, and thank you for joining me on this day or night or whenever you're listening to this. You guys are awesome. And, you know, speaking of you guys, if you could spread this episode around and let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to, that would be much appreciated. Hey, maybe there's a family member out there or there's a friend in your circle that just doesn't really like movies and they think it's like, I don't know, like the makings of like the devil or something i don't know and they're just like listen well if you watch movies then you're just not uh, a real person and you're like okay that kind of stings uh but maybe um i don't know maybe you can listen to this podcast maybe this uh rando person can help you um i don't know fall in love with them you know and uh then they turn their whole lives around and then you know it's just all peaches from there (laughs) um no but you know if uh there's someone out there that's looking for a great movie podcast to listen to suggest this one i think uh I think they will be glad to be a part of this community because you, you guys are absolutely amazing with all of your just generosity and just support throughout all these years. You guys make this thing happen for sure. So like I said at the top, uh, this is episode 340. Uh, I will be going over Being the Ricardos, the film written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. It hits Amazon Prime Video on December 21st. And this one stars Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball and Javier, Javier Bardem as Desi Arnez. Uh, and we'll have its uh, awards chances and all that will be in the review. Uh, just because, you know, this is two iconic uh, people in television history being portrayed by two A-list actors. So there's a lot going for it. And of course, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, who has won many awards uh, for his writing. Um, I haven't really found one he has uh, directed yet that, you know, I can praise, but maybe this will be the one. Um, and then, of course, I'll be going over The King's Man, the prequel in the Kingsman franchise. Um, you know, they just announced the other day that they're going to be filming Kingsman 3 next year. Uh, sure, I'll watch it. Uh, but uh, I, I honestly thought after this one they would be done. But I guess I want to keep it going. So, um, yeah, so those are the uh, reviews of conversation, the topics that we'll be going over. Um, so that's a lot of fun. But uh, first of all, before we get into any of that, I must know, as always, how you guys doing? You guys doing pretty good? Um, not a lot of time has passed since the the recording of the Spider-Man episode and this episode, so not a lot has happened um, in my life, uh, but I have found a kind of love for uh, screenwriting again. Uh, there's a couple of ideas um, that have been floating around, and there's one in particular that I really want to do. But it's going to cost a lot of money, and it's going to it's going to have a lot of time and effort into it. But I would like to write them out at least, and maybe I can get it off the ground. Um, yeah, I just I have found a kind of um, just spark again when it comes to uh, filmmaking, and the dogs downstairs are going absolutely bananas. Um, so yeah, I um I I haven't written in a long time when it comes to uh, to scripts. Uh, I do a lot of script writing at work uh, when it comes to like building out ideas and stuff, um, but I haven't really done one for myself, and so it's, it's nice to kind of get back into the swing of things. If you are new to my podcast and you haven't been around for 
since the beginning. Um, I do. Ha- I have a film degree. Uh, I got my bachelor's in filmmaking. So this is what I've always wanted to do. Um, but uh, I might as well just go ahead and tell just tell the story. So, you know, I, I've been wanting to make films since I was a kid, and I, I still would like to. But I have found uh, another love in reviewing films and doing podcasts and stuff because of um, who I met in 2013. She kind of guided me along the path of, you know, getting these movies early and uh, really just kind of going full throttle into my YouTube channel. And um, I've done a lot of variations of how I did the, the reviews, but like over the past like few years, I've been kind of doing the, a similar thing. And it's just uh, crazy to see it kind of uh, evolutionize into this. But uh, I, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed doing this. So if I can do both, uh, review film, like be a critic and make films. I don't know if it's possible, but um, that would be that would be cool. But uh, hey, if one takes off over the other, I'm not gonna complain. I'll just be like, hey, I'm better at this, and I put a lot more effort in this than that. So, um, but uh, yeah, uh, I I have a filmmaking degree, so you know that's uh, always been my thing is just making short films, and you know I've written full length scripts, and they're absolutely terrible, but it gives me practice. Uh, and you know, just more movies that I watch and review for you guys, it gives me a better understanding on how to, uh, be a better filmmaker and a better writer and all that stuff. So, uh, I, I guess they go hand in hand, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's what's been going on really with me. Um, with me, uh, I don't know what that was. Uh, my voice just cracked, but it wasn't really a crack. It was more of like, it, it took a blunder and it just kind of stumbled over itself and like went super low for a second. So I'm sure when I, I play this back, I'm sure it's going to sound really, really just lovely. Um, but yeah, that's really what's been going on with me personally. Um, yeah, but uh, I hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, you know, the holidays are coming up uh, very, very quick um, at the when this episode drops. And so uh, I hope everyone out there is having a safe um, and just fun holiday season. Uh, and yeah, and I, I'm hoping next year. Uh, to just hit the ground running even more and uh, just keep this consistent. Because I think since October, I have, um, yeah, I'd say I've been pretty consistent since October. Uh, So I know I've been kind of a hit and miss uh, podcast uh, throughout the year, especially this year. But the wife and I moved um, and it's just been crazy hectic, you know, with like trips and doing this and that. And so I really hadn't found like like a rhythm. I have found my rhythm now, and uh, I like doing this. I, I like having at least a episode per week for you guys. Um, that's always been my goal, and I think uh, I, I've been consistent over the past two months. So I want to keep it up. Um, if something happens to where it doesn't, uh, one doesn't get posted, um, don't worry. I, I will have you know something the following week or whatever, and something just kind of came up. But I will do my best and. Uh, yeah, I just want to keep it going for you guys. So next year, I want to hit it even harder and see if I can just pump out as much content as I can uh, for you all. Um, you know, blockbusters, indie films, everything. So that is my goal. Uh, you know, um, let's see what what have the wife and I been watching? We've been watching. Uh, we've been watching season two of The Great. Uh, pun intended. Great show. Um, but yeah, Nicholas Holt and Elle Fanning on that show, absolutely just wonderful, ferocious, uh, type of performances, funny, um, sad, uh, just really dynamic characters that you just love to follow. And it's just absolutely just ridiculous. Uh, 
some of the things that they they say. Um, but yeah, it, it, that's a really great show. If um, you guys haven't uh, watched it, The Great on Hulu. Uh, so we're almost done with season two. Going to watch the finale to The Shrink Next Door, like I was telling you guys last week. Uh, we haven't watched it yet, but super excited for that. Um, and then trying to think i'm just catching up on a lot of screeners for you guys i uh recently uh caught up with half of the a24 films that i want to review for you guys uh, i have seen at zola and the humans and the next two are going to be come on come on and red rocket and then that will be the um that will be next week's episode so that is uh what's going on there uh, if i don't get to all four of them you know it is what it is but at least i have those two under my belt and um, I'm going to try to at least get one more. Uh, you know, if I can't get to both of them, um, whatever. But I want to at least have three for you guys. Uh, just kind of like an A24 catch-up. But that's what's been going on in terms of just watching stuff. Uh, watch the latest two episodes of uh, uh, It's Always Sunny. God, I, even after 15 seasons, it's amazing to me that they are still as entertaining and hilarious as ever. And it just... Uh, they never disappoint. I just there's always something to laugh at per episode, uh, so I, I've really been enjoying uh, that. Uh, continuing my journey on uh, F is for Family last season, season five. Um, I'm gonna try to get it done so I can be prepared to watch um, part one of the final season of Ozark in uh, next month because uh, I, I hate being behind on shows, so that's kind of my goal. But yeah, just mainly a lot of TV show watching, and then of course. Uh, you know, uh, see Spider-Man a couple more times, uh, with, uh, with friends uh, and coworkers. So that, that will be a lot of fun. Maybe my opinion will change. Um, but, uh, given my first kind of reaction to it, I can't really see it dipping, uh, to a, a negative reaction. So I'm excited to see where that can go. Uh, hopefully you guys are watching Spider-Man out there and, uh, um, just being a part of this crazy, uh, phenomenon. Um, and just being a part of like the theater experience and, you know, safely, of course, but um, being a part of the theater experience and just seeing people go crazy like that was amazing to me. And I went to a press screening. Usually press members are not as enthusiastic and engaging into the film, but there was a lot of people cheering and clapping and you can you can feel the just the the, the energy in the room. And it was really palpable and it just it felt really nice to be back into that environment. So, um, yeah, hopefully everyone is enjoying uh, Spider-Man out there as it continues to probably dominate for the next month or so. So, yeah, so that's what's all been going on. Uh, a, lot, a lot to unravel, but just as my my head is, it just is kind of all over the place and I have to compartmentalize it for everyone. Um, and I, I still can't believe I, I have a podcast. <laughs> Aren't podcasts supposed to be structured and be scripted? Not in this joint. I'm just going to kind of just talk on the mic and let it roll. So, But uh, I'm trying to think of any other. I want to try to bring back and you guys let me know your honest opinion. Like, I want to try to bring back maybe, like, trailer reviews or, like, maybe movie news that I find, you know, worth talking about. Um, yeah, I, I've just kind of been debating it, or should I just keep it movie reviews, you know? I want to try to just, you know, make this different each time uh, for you all and just see what works. And, uh, yeah, if you guys like the, the stuff in the beginning that I used to do, please let me know. Uh, but if not, you just like these little cold opens and then jump right into the reviews also fine just tell me um what you guys prefer but i, I don't know uh, i don't know if i want to get back into that something i've been kind of debating uh bringing back um to talk about only just like the stuff that really kind of piques my interest um 
But yeah, really nothing going on right now. Everyone's just kind of posting their top 10 list and all the awards are going on from the critic circles around the country. So yeah, it's mainly just a kind of a, a, a end of the year wrap up as of right now, but maybe next year I'll, I'll get back into it. But yeah, uh, that's that's about it. Um, uh, so let's not waste any more time. Uh, let's jump right into it uh, with uh, being the Ricardos uh, first. Uh, you know, just a little kind of uh, preamp uh, into this. I with I don't know if you guys remember me reviewing Molly's Game, the last film that Aaron Sorkin directed, but it was bad. And so I am willing to give this man three three chances at least. <laughs> and you know, uh, with being the Ricardos and like Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem, it's like I was super excited for it. I really, I really was. And so, um, I'm, I'm hoping, um, you know, when you guys get to the review, maybe that will hold up or maybe you'll fly a different way. I, I have no clue. You guys will I'll just have to tune in and find out. But yeah, I've, uh, I was looking forward to it just because, uh, of the people involved. So, you know, that's why I decided to review it for the, uh, for you guys on the show. So the first film after the break will be being the Ricardos. And then, uh, of course, after that will be the Kingsman. But first let's talk about Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz and how their movie went, uh, written and directed by the Aaron Sorkin. So, uh, tune in, uh, when we come back and we'll, we'll talk about it. See you guys then. And welcome back to the show. Uh, let's not waste any more time for the first review. Let's dive right into it. Being the Ricardos opens on Amazon Prime Video the December 21st. Uh, so let's break it down. So this one follows Lucille uh, Ball and um, Desi Arnaz as they face a crisis that could end their careers and another that could end their marriage. So, you know, going into this, I there's a lot of things in my mind going into this. Uh, one, uh, I, I loved... I love Lucy when I watched it on TV land back in the day. Uh, I grew up in a household where my father is a humongous Andy Griffith uh, show fan. So that was playing. And then whatever it was, you know, book ended before that or after that. <clears throat> sometimes my brother and I would catch, you know, like Leave it to Beaver, the Brady Bunch, Beverly Hillbillies. I love Lucy. All that, um, all that, uh, all those TV shows from that era we were exposed to. And I remember enjoying it, but I had no idea what was going on outside of um, that TV show because I knew like Desi and Lucy were a thing. And I I heard that it was always rocky. Um, when it was good, it was good. When it was bad, it was bad. Um, but I didn't know how, to what extent their marriage was beyond what we saw on screen. So any type of movie that would focus on that I was down for, um, and it's written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. I like me some Aaron Sorkin movies that he directs little iffy on. Um, so I, I like most of the things that he writes. Um, but for some weird reason, when he directs a movie, I feel like he sprints at the very start of all of his movies. And then it's like the runner just gets tired and is just kind of limping towards the finish line. And it doesn't really have the same impact as it does when it starts. It just kind of flails out and it just feels kind of half-baked. It's the way I've, I felt that's the way I have I have felt on all of his directed movies. So you know, uh I, but I I was hopeful because I'm like I'll give the guy three three strikes and you're out type of deal. Nicole Kidman, Javier Bardem taking 
uh, taking on two of the most iconic people in television history with Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, sign me up. So I saw it. Once again, it is um, it is a half-baked experience. Um, I will say story-wise, this one was more intriguing than Molly's Game. So I will give Aaron Sorkin that. I think combining the uh, crisis that could end their career with uh, Lucy being uh, accused as a communist in the papers, and then another one that could end their marriage with like Desi uh, going behind her back and sleeping with other women, that stuff is interesting. It is definitely like it it keeps it keeps you hook line and sinker throughout most of the film right um even till the very end i was like you know i i i, just, I know this is going to end very very badly for them but i want to see how this plays out this is um really interesting stuff to have both of these kind of collide and go on at the same time so i will give them credit that the story itself is interesting to a degree and i was i was riveted by their lives that were entangled in the show and the uh, the face they had to put on in front of the audience. And then when, as soon as they go back to their dressing rooms, it's like they break down and like they start fighting or, you know, this and that. It's just like, it's really emotionally heavy stuff. So, so I'll, I'll, I'm just trying to get all the good stuff out of the way first before I start diving into other stuff. <clears throat> so I'll give Sorkin credit on the, the script in that regard. Good stuff. I think it ends abruptly. Now, like, the story is interesting uh, for the two hours that uh, is on screen. It is uh, two hours, right? Uh, yes. Um, but it kind of just ends. And I felt like we watched, like, a, a really good first act, pretty good second act, and, like, half of a third act, and then just cuts to black into the credits roll. Um, it was a very, very abrupt ending. It Yes, it completed the story that we were watching, but the way it just kind of, the last shot that was happening and then, the text that comes on, it's just like, um, you know, all this stuff is happening for two hours. And then it's just like, well, and then this happened the next day, but <laughs> that's about it. Goodbye. <laughs> it's just, um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I hated the way it just kind of abruptly just kind of stopped like that. And just like, yep, yeah, we're good. I think we, we told enough. Um, so I hate it in that regard, but, um, and then directing wise, uh, Aaron Sorkin made some weird choices. Um, as far as the actual structure of the story and just like, you know, setting up scenes, blocking them and um, letting the performers kind of, you know, uh, do their thing. I think he does a decent job with that. Uh, this is more about his choices as a director to enhance the story. There are interviews in this film that are, one of the most annoying inserts I've seen in a film in quite some time. So the film opens with three people that are in the movie, but they're playing themselves. So they're like, you know, Lucy and Desi's relationship was crazy. Like, you know, on set, you never know what they were going to do and all that stuff. And like, okay, if you want to start your movie out like that, <clears throat> that's fine. But then once the movie starts, do not cut back to them. He cuts back to them with no relevance or context it's just kind of like the scene will happen with nicole kim and javier bardem and then it'll cut to an interview shot with the real person only to have them go yeah that situation was crazy and then they'll that's it adds no substance to it just kind of like and then it cuts back <clears throat> so 
I think just scrapping the whole interviews in general was probably the best idea. Like, please take that out. Like, it's not, it's not like, you know, it's, it's 30 minutes of the film or the, the runtime. I think it's like maybe five to six minutes tops. But every time when you, uh, you insert that and you go back to them back and forth with them, it's just, it feels so weird. It doesn't make sense. And it doesn't add any type of um, extra uh, uh, context to anything. It's just kind of like a reaction. And it's just very strange. So I thought that was very weird. Um, and then, like I said, the ending. So it was mainly just that. But um, yeah, <laughs> just really annoying. It's just like the first thing that popped in my head. I was just like, why did he do that as I was watching it? So another thing I think uh, Sorkin did wrong and I won't blame him 100%, but I'm assuming since he is Aaron Sorkin, he has some say in it, and it's not just the casting director. I think everyone was miscast in this movie. Um, in terms of the main four uh, that we see on the, the show and the ones that we follow in the movie. Um, I like Nicole Kidman quite a bit. <clears throat> I like Harvey R. Bardem quite a bit. They don't fit these roles whatsoever. And it's not just that they don't look like them. <clears throat> they are they are so big as a, an actor and actress. Like, they're A-list. It's distracting. Like, they never sink. I never thought they sunk into their roles. I was just seeing them trying to do an impersonation. And Nicole Kidman's Lucy, like, on the show... It was, it was bad. I didn't like it whatsoever. It's very hard to explain, but I felt like she was trying too hard. And like, it was just really stretching <laughs> uh, a, a Lucy impression. I just, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was something to behold. Um, now when she was in some of the scenes that were not on the show, like, and she was like Lucille Ball, like interacting with the executives or, or Desi or whatever, like she was fine. Um, Javier Bardem, I think, is the best out of the two. I think he's the best out of the four. But even he just... <clears throat> I think, like I said, they're just so big um, in terms of the just their exposure that I just... I never I never thought they sunk into their characters. I just saw them, if that makes any sense. And then the uh, two that play... Um, let me get the names correct here. Uh, Vivian <coughs> and uh, Bill... Um, you know, J.K. Simmons and Nina Arianda. I mean, I guess Nina did okay. Um, <clears throat> J.K. Simmons, why Why was he cast in that role? It just, all four of them just feel like they were last minute picks. And they're like, oh, we got to fill the, the spots for these movies. And they just pick like four of the most like talked about people right now. And they just stuck them in there like, oh, this will work. Um, I never, never believed it once. I was just like, I'm just seeing JK Simmons and like, I think a fat suit. Yeah. I'm sorry to say, but the casting in this movie did not do, do it for me. Um, yeah, it was just kind of weird. Um, production design, quite nice. Cinematography, quite nice. I really felt like we were in that time period. I just love the, the production design, the costuming and the, the grainy look to it. Um, and then every time when there was a black and white set piece and, you know, uh, a color version of the life outside of the set. All that visually was wonderful. And the makeup and hairstyling was also fantastic. They did the best they could to make Nicole Kidman look like Lucille Ball. 
and uh, I I have to give uh, this movie props on production design uh, and makeup and hairstyling first and foremost. If there's any type of awards consideration, it is for those two things, which I'm okay with. Um, that was all uh, it was all visually pleasing. So um, definitely had some mank vibes, you know, and that came out last year. So um, yeah, I just I, I love uh, any type of old Hollywood looking movies, and so. This one doesn't disappoint in that in that department. I, I don't know what else more to say. Um, if you like Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz and like you like I Love Lucy and all the history behind it, I, I think you'll probably enjoy it more than me. I just think from a filmmaking perspective, there was just a lot of bumps in the road that I just, I can't say this was a 100% smooth ride because it was not. I'd say it's about 50-50. There's a lot of good things about it. There's a lot of questionable things and bad things about it. So I'm kind of down the middle with it. Um, but I, I would say if you are a fan of these two people and their lives and like the show and just the history behind it and just uh, want to see something uh, that is a, a different take on Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, I'd say go for it. Um, I have no desire to watch again. <laughs> so, but uh yeah, so I I know it's a lot to kind of unload on you guys, but you know it is what it is. So that will be my review. Um, uh, be in the Ricardos. Let me let me know down below what you thought of the movie, whether you loved it, hated it, liked it, all that stuff. Tell me that I'm wrong. I I, I would love to hear from someone that loved the movie. I, I really would. Um, but for me, it just it, it was a very kind of cold depiction of Lucille Ball, and I realized that her and Desi had problems in their marriage beyond the show. I'm not saying you have to make this movie 100% happy, happy, go, 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 go. But man, for someone that brought so much just energy and life and fulfillment to people, um, to focus all this on like just very, I don't know, depressing stuff, it just, it really, I don't know, it just, it didn't feel like it did her justice. It felt like it was a half-baked attempt to have, we could have those elements in there, but like, I don't know, just show more. So I, I don't know that that was just kind of, that was just kind of my my viewpoint on it. Um, I don't know. It's a very very weird experience. So yeah, so let me know down below if you loved it. I would like to just read your response and you can tell me off. It's all good. And that will do it for my review of being the Ricardos. Please let me know down below. Tweet at me. Send me an email. Whatever you have to do. Let me know what you thought of the film. I would love to hear your thoughts. When we come back from the break again, we're going to talk about The King's Man. And this is coming from someone who loves this franchise. So they can make a hundred of these and I'll still review them for you all because I'm curious to see how each installment is. What will I think about it? Well, you'll just have to tune in and find out after the break. See you guys then. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back. And the movie I want to take a look at right now is The King's Man. Now, this one opens up in theaters on December 22nd from 20th Century Studios. This one is a prequel in the Kingsman franchise, and the plot goes as follows. In the early years of the 20th century, the Kingsman agency is formed to stand against a cabal plotting a war to wipe out millions. And the war they're referring to is World War I. So that is the backdrop uh, to our story as these characters are trying to fight um, the organization that's like jumping off World War One, uh, so to speak. So I remember watching the trailer to it, and I was thinking to myself, like, "Hey, this looks pretty, 
pretty fun. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the other two. I'm not going to die on some hill and say like the Kingsman franchise is one of the best franchises or the movies are so great or anything like I, I, you know, they're like one of my favorites of all time. They're just fun pieces of entertainment. I always like them. Um, even the sequel, I know that one um, uh, kind of gets a lot of flack, but it might be a little long. But other than that, I remember still having a good time. I love the absurdity uh, to these uh, stories. I, I love the um, taking advantage of the R rating and making it just this adult comic book adaptation. Uh, having the humor be a little cheeky, a little dark. Um, it just, I, I don't know. And the characters are always interesting to watch. I, I've just always had fun with the franchise. So watching the trailer to this one, you know, it's kind of excited for it. I was like, hey, you know, if they want to throw another Kingsman film, I'm not going to say no. I'll just say that. But it was pushed and pushed and pushed because of the pandemic. So now here we are. Now it's finally coming out. I don't know what to think. On one hand, it's definitely not like the other Kingsman movies. It really isn't. It takes a completely different route and a different um, execution uh, than the previous two. Um, but it wasn't like awful or anything. It was just kind of like, I'm just kind of neutral on it. Um, it's definitely something I don't want to ever rewatch. Where like the first two, like the second one, I'm a little bit more hesitant on just because it's like it's over two hours and like it's a beefy movie. But like the first one, if someone said like I want to watch the first uh, Kingsman, I'm like sure, like I, I I'm I'm okay with that. I'll even watch the Golden Circle from the time to time that people suggest it. I don't seek out for it, but you know. But this one, for some reason, like I, I enjoyed watching it. I guess for the most part. Um, but I don't really care to rewatch it again. I don't, I don't know. I feel like after this one, I'd be okay if they don't make any more. Um, it just feels like the novelty and the magic of like the first one and even the second one is just kind of worn off at this point. And I know there's an end credit scene to this one that kind of alludes to another, um, Kings movie that's kind of built like this one. I just don't know if I, if I have the enthusiasm to watch another one, even though I do appreciate the different, um, the, the different route that Matthew Vaughn took on this one. And what's the different route you say? <clears throat> he focuses more on the story and the characters and less on the action sequences. I was actually kind of surprised that there was little action sequences built into this movie. Yes, they're, they're there. And it's, it, it's the same Kingsman type of fighting style that we've seen. But I was kind of more intrigued by Ray Fine's character and his son, that relationship, how they're coping with um, his wife and you know his son his son's mother's death. Um, <clears throat> it's in the very beginning of the film. I don't think it's really a big spoiler. Um, <clears throat> and so you know they're dealing with that. You know they're also dealing with um, being ro uh, wrapped up into this. Um, you know, a situation where like the, the, there's this group of like just really bad people from all across the world that are trying to do harm to many, many uh, countries and they have to stop them. I kind of enjoyed that kind of like cat and mouse game uh, attribute to the story. And I, I really like the characters more. I like their camaraderie more. I just, I don't know. I felt like there was more of a focus on that. And I really appreciated that because I, I felt it. I felt like the focus, uh, not so much on the blood, gore, and violence, even though it's there. Um, 
The traditional Kingsman violence is there. It's kinetic camera work. Um, it is bloody. Um, it is over the top and ridiculous at sometimes. Um, but yeah, they're they're fine. Um, you know, it's the same stuff we've all we've all seen before. Uh, there there wasn't really like that much creativity uh, in this installment when it came to the action sequences or the deaths or just anything. It was just kind of like. I think Matthew Vaughn was just kind of going by the playbook that he normally does with these movies, and there wasn't anything too exciting about them. But once again, they don't focus on uh, those per se and the the spectacle of uh, the violence and the the action sequences. They focus on other things, which is nice. Um, performances by Ray Fiennes, he's great. He's always great. He's the lead uh, in the film, and he's the one that we follow the most. Uh, Gemma Arterton. Uh, She's always pleasant. Um, his son, fine, I guess. And and Reese Ifans, who plays uh, Rasputin. What a cheeky, uh, just scene-chewing performance that that was. I I could watch two hours of that. He, he definitely understood what he was trying to do. And really kind of having that over-the-top performance in a Kingsman movie makes total sense. And he was just having a ball with it. And I just, uh, I really absorbed all that just fun energy that he was um uh dishing out so i thought he was really really good for sure um <clears throat> that's about it uh jaiman hansu's in it um I, I don't know it's it's uh it's not really one of those things to where uh you go see these movies for the performances but i think um you know, everyone having fun with it and doing something different uh, for a different notch in their career belt, you know, good for them. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that that's it with that. Uh, like I said, I enjoyed the story. The action sequences were, you know, uh, far and few in between uh, this time around, but, you know, they get the job done. I think I'm just more landing on neutral. Um, I'm kind of just okay with it. Um, I, I Like I said, I appreciate the different approach that they have on the, the story and just uh, moving forward with the franchise and maybe doing another one. But I'm kind of just, I'm okay if they don't make another one. This is kind of like the last one. And we can close the chapter on this this book and we can we can move on to the next franchise. So <clears throat> I think it's just, it, it's too long and too far gone from the first one to where I just think, I think it's lost a little bit of its oomph and it's a, uh, it's magic a little bit. So, and that will do it for my review of the King's man. Please let me know down below, tweet at me, send me an email, do what you got to do. I just want to know your thoughts. Let me know what you think about the King's man. So that will do it for this episode. Episode 340 is in the bag, ladies and gentlemen. So at next week's episode, uh, 341, it will be over the, uh, a 24 kind of catch up, um, uh, doing, uh, the, the films I've received, uh, uh, for review consideration and ones I have missed. Uh, so hopefully it will, it will definitely be at Zola and the humans and come on, come on. Uh, and possibly red rocket to be thrown into the mix as well. I'm hoping to get all four in there, but, um, that is kind of your, your lineup for, for next week. And then after that, I gotta be honest with you guys, I have nothing else planned. So I'm going to have to kind of look at, see, see what's coming out and, you know, uh, kind of schedule from there and, yeah, we'll just go from there. But uh, yeah, that was all I had planned for December. So 
that will be the final uh, episode of 2021. And then, of course, 2022 will start a new slate for you guys. So, yeah. But that will do it for this week's episode of Real Me and Colton Movie Podcast. I have been your host, Chase Lee. Uh, thank you for joining me uh, day or night whenever you're listening to this. Um, I hope you guys have just a, a great day or night. And uh, thank you for tuning in uh, for another episode of this crazy podcast that you guys just allowed me to come into your lives for a little bit. And uh, that is deeply uh, appreciated uh, on my end. So thank you for all your support. You guys are awesome. Uh, And then tune in next week for another great episode of Real Man Cold Movie Podcast. Goodbye, everyone.